Welcome to the Building PA Podcast, the voice of the construction industry throughout Pennsylvania. Here are your co-hosts, Chris Martin and John O'Brien. Hello and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. I am your co-host, John O'Brien from the Keystone Contractors Association, coming to you from central Pennsylvania, right here in the lovely Quandol studio. Um, obviously, it's not lovely. It's a little messy. You know, I need to do some cleaning here, but uh, <laughs> we're getting there. It's not as nice as the uh, the Atlas studio out there with uh, with fellow co-host Chris Martin. Chris, how are we doing today, sir? All right, John, how are you? And I need to remind you, we're on audio, so nobody can see. It's great. <laughs> it's perfect. Good. Uh, yes, can you imagine if my mom saw this office? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> we, there'd be some big, big problems, right? Yes. Uh, Mama O'Brien comes in with a stick and starts going to town. Hey, everyone. Hello. This is Chris Martin, and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. As John already mentioned, I'm glad that you're here. As John mentioned, I am in the uh, Sewickley office of Atlas Marketing and uh, coming to you from the Western Pennsylvania side. And we tell stories for people who build things. And uh, you've heard me say that before, so I'll keep saying it. But I think we've got jam-packed episode today, John, right? Yes. Yes. Today's episode, uh, it's going to be our Veterans Day 2022 special. As, as listeners may recall from time to time, I, I like to say how proud I am to be a Navy veteran. And I have some uh, vets in the family. I'm, I'm proud of them. I love my family, you know. But today's you, guest, you. yes, today's guest, we got a rock star for you, a rock star veteran on our hands here. Ralph, how we doing today, Ralph? Coming to us from Delco County, got Ralph G- Gilletta. How we doing, sir? I couldn't be better. Thanks. Nice. Yes. <laughs> And if I can, before we dive into this, I'm going to say to both of you, thank you for your service. And thank you to all those that are listening that have served. Thank you. Because I am, I am not a military veteran, so I'll tell you that up front. But Ralph, we're really, really uh, honored to have you here. And as John said, you are a rock star. So it's fantastic. Yes. Well, I'm honored thank to be here and speak on behalf of veterans, you know, on Veterans Day. So thanks for the kind invitation. Why don't we start right at the uh, question on everyone's mind. Who is Ralph? I was uh, Air Force. I mean, I grew up in Philly, went to college at St. Joe's, went through ROTC, went into the Air Force in 1970, went through flight school, went to Vietnam. We'll talk about that in a bit. Came back, uh, did eight years total active duty in the Air Force, got out and spent the next 30 years in business, 28 of them with IBM. And also during that time was an adjunct instructor at some local colleges. So when I speak with veterans, especially since I've been retired the last 10 or 12 years, my combination of military service, academics, and business, I think really touches almost any nerve that they want touched. So the last 10 years, I've been very active either in Office of Veterans Services or on some boards, focused almost entirely on veterans and did some work through the Philadelphia Foundation recently as a, as a fellow, trying to help my vet jobs get more visibility in the greater Philadelphia area and Pennsylvania. So I think my background, commitment uh, we could talk about, and my passion obviously right now is just dealing with veterans and helping them get their benefits, helping them get jobs. Now I skimmed over the other part, which is in Vietnam, for 14 months I was a prisoner of war. So that puts life in perspective a little bit. But I learned a lot then at a very young age, 24, and um, it was kind of instrumental in putting me on the path, I think, that I ended up taking in life, both in the military and in business. 
I, okay, I'll ask. I'll jump on this one, Ralph. Yeah. You know, as a prisoner of war, what did you get from that? What did you take from that? I mean, you just said that it really kind of helped set your path, and and I hope that it doesn't uh, take us down a path that is a little challenging. But no, no, I, it's, I can only it's, imagine. It's I've been doing this for fifty years, so. You know, at a young age, there were two things that, that worked out for me. One is you learn all of your strengths in a situation like that when you're basically in survival mode. You learn all of your strengths and you learn all of your weaknesses. Problem is all the weaknesses tend to show themselves more visibly. But but that was important at an early age to really find out what you're good at and what you can do to develop yourself better. Uh, I was very lucky in that once I had roommates, uh, I was lucky to have officers that were all senior to me that acted as mentors. So I had senior members of the Air Force, uh, Navy, and Marine Corps that were all aviators that kind of could give me a little bit of guidance in terms of careers and family and things like that. In a speech one time, some one person asked me, could you put in one word your experience as a POW? And it took me a long time to figure it out, but the real answer was developmental. It really, at an early age, really shaped your personality, your your being, you know, what you really wanted to do. Like I said, you could highlight your weaknesses and really had an opportunity to self-correct. So uh, it was it was really, it was a terrible time, but an interesting time. And, and clearly you learned from it, but you mentioned you were a POW for 14 months. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes. And I can only imagine how that changed things. But when, when you got out of the military, you know, what made you take this, service approach, if you'll pardon the pun, but the service approach to helping other veterans. What was the impetus to that? I was as messed up then as a lot of veterans are today, which is transitioning from military to civilian life. There's two terms we use, readjustment and transition. You know, transitioning from the military to civilian life is difficult. Readjusting back into society and family life is difficult at times. And the DOD and the military does a great job of taking average civilians and making them become soldiers and, uh, to put it simply, sometimes killers. We n- Nobody has the mission of taking that same person and making them a civilian again. So without the, without the help of family, friends and neighbors, mentors, veteran service agencies and things like that, a lot of veterans struggle. And, and I remember you know, I, I got out in 78 which was a difficult time, the 60s and 70s, you know, you couldn't wear your uniform in public because of Vietnam. So you couldn't even put down some of your military credentials on your resume. Or at least today, you know, those attributes, I think, are uh, really sought after by employers or should be. And those that have hired veterans, I think, are seeing those qualities, things like mission focus and being good risk managers and leadership skills and self-discipline and work ethic. You can't train people for that necessarily. And yet a lot of veterans come out and already have those traits. They don't necessarily know they have them. They don't know how to exploit them, but they're embedded. And a lot of employers really see those skills and they say, you know, I can I can make you into a into a electrician. I can make you into a shoemaker. I can make you into a builder. But I, it's really hard for me to teach you risk management uh-huh. or work ethic. So that's where the veterans, I think, stand out. But I was no different than anybody else. I struggled. You know, I had eight years as an officer, all in aviation, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And it took me a while to self-correct and got fortunate that I knew some people. I got interviewed with IBM. It took a year, uh, but that's where I ended up. And I always had the passion to teach. So once I felt that I was competent, once I felt that I knew more than my students, which was a challenge, uh, I started teaching at colleges. And and that was very rewarding. And then, like I said, once 
I finished those careers and I hit age 60 or 62 and I kind of got out, uh, the rest of my life was kind of focused on uh, veterans issues because that's kind of where I migrated toward. So the past few years, the uh, Keystone Contractors Association has been really trying to ramp up to help veterans, you know, extend some services to them and help with the transition. And I've, I've noticed some challenges and perhaps you could you could touch on them. So, you know, veterans are very proud, you know, a very proud group. And and well, for starters, just to just to set the stage here, we would originally just host a job fair and hope to attract veterans that way. And then this year we took the approach of let's go right at the agencies or the organizations that help veterans and just promote construction careers and let them know that KCA is here to help, you know, and, and in fact, I think that's how we met last year with the, the yeah. vet jobs. The vet, yeah. So, you know, really a big outreach. So through that outreach to all these agencies and PA career links and all these different groups, that's gotten myself and our members connected to veterans. And, and when I talk to them, I say, oh, yeah, think of us as a service. If you need help with resume, you need help transitioning at all, you know, just feel free to reach out and, and most of them in person say they will, but then there, there's no follow up. And I don't know if they push away the help or too proud to ask for help, um, but it's. I'm it's, going to answer it's, your question. Yeah, I'm, it's difficult. I'm you break the code, okay? Veterans in general are terrible customers. Marines are worst of the worst because there's a lot of pride involved yeah. and you know, they don't like asking for help. What you're seeing in jobs is the same as I see in getting veterans to ask for their veteran benefits. So. It, it's the same thing where I often tell people, you know, if you have some issues, just spend a half hour in the lobby of a VA hospital. Okay. That puts life in total perspective for you. The challenge is, is guys go there and they say, oh, I'm not as bad off as they are. I'm not even going to ask for benefits. So it's a challenge. But getting them to take action on anything, action on a job, action on benefits, action, action, action is really the big challenge. And I put the same burden on family, friends, spouses, and neighbors, which is saying thank you for your service is great. How about asking them, do you have a job? Are you looking for a job? Are you getting VA benefits? And if not, why not? And I can't help you necessarily, but I know somebody that can. You know, there's a VFW post here. There's an American Legion post there. There's a VA. Trust me, there are plenty of opportunities for veterans, both within the government, VA, and in civilian and in communities that want to help veterans if we could find them. So they tend to go underground a bit because this transition readjustment is a little tough. And, you know, they, they think things are the same when they come back after being away for active duty for years or coming back from a deployment. And it's hard for them to realize life has moved on. Their friends have gotten married. You know, they have kids, they've got jobs, they've relocated. And what they thought it was they were coming back to isn't the same. And that's when we start to have some, some problems. So it's an interesting challenge. I I do some work with Pennsylvania's Department of Military and Veterans Affairs and other organizations in terms of please help me find our veterans. And if I could nab them with their duffel bag walking out the gate, that's the perfect time. And I'll give you a good example. I used to work at St. Joe's in Philly University, and they would come in there and they would want to get their college degree because they had the GI Bill. And then all you have to do is ask them a couple of questions and you find out they don't belong there. They belong in community college first, or they belong in a trade school, an apprenticeship. And just be, so they, they just don't know. And if you could find them early, you could help avoid a massive bad move, or you could correct them early and avoid wasting time and money. And But the challenge is finding them early before they make these false steps. And it's going to, it's a challenge. 
And like I said, it's, you know, once they leave active duty, there's some transition assistance. You might remember, John, when you left the military, uh, but nobody pays attention to that program. And, and they come out and they start to flounder. And then we start to see mental health issues. We see behavioral issues. We see criminal justice issues. We see abuse issues. I mean, it's a shame that they're floundering, but if we can't find them, we can't help them. So your outreach in terms of jobs is really essential because education is one thing, but jobs puts them in a path toward a career, which makes them valuable and sustainable for them and their family. And, you know, if if we can put them in the right spot with an employer that is, in a sense, veteran friendly or has some experience with veterans that maybe has a veterans affinity group or just a group of veterans that have been there before that can handhold this guy or gal a little bit through the first couple of steps, that would be great. And even if it's not an employer, maybe it's like a group of employers, like your agency, uh, your association could put some emphasis on that to make it more attractive, to minimize the trauma of trying to figure out the civilian world. So thanks for what you're doing. Oh, and, and thank you, by the way. I got Good news and bad news here. So a year ago when we spoke, <laughs> you said, oh, you should register with the VA. You know, this helps. And just last week, I finally did it. So the bad news is I procrastinated for a whole year, <laughs> but I finally got around to it. So I registered at the local VA and I went in and I'm good to go. Well, that's, well you're a Navy guy. That's, that's, I, know. I would expect that. <laughs> I'm glad you did. I'm really yeah, glad you. you did. So yeah. take everything you're eligible for. And if you have a question, you call me and, and we'll take care of it. Sure. So Ralph, listening to what you just said, and, and I, the, the big takeaway for me is helping people that you know, connect people with you or others like you, so that they can have a, a wayfinder, if you will, almost like a, you know, a guidepost to help them through this process. But from a industry perspective, we're talking to the whole construction industry, you know, not only in Pennsylvania, but we've got listeners across the country, across the state, across the globe. Uh, what can we do as an industry to help veterans through vet jobs or other <laughs> other yeah. avenues to, to really, I mean, I know John and I talk about helmets to hard hats a lot, and there's a lot of companies out there that, that are, are very veteran friendly. What can we do as an industry to really help kind of to move this along? I'll, I'll give you a, a couple of items. And, and the biggest thing is thanks for being sensitive to the topic. I mean, most, most are not. So th- I think as an association, as opposed to single employers, you know, you've got a lot more leverage. There are a couple of groups. You mentioned CareerLink. I think that's a good place to start. Vetjobs.org is a good place because it's all free. I was on a call with somebody and I told them I was going to drop an F-bomb on them and it was free. <laughs> <laughs> you can either as an association, which if, if, you ha- if you can aggregate, we could probably get Vetjobs to give you more handholding uh, with job placements. But you could go in there today and register and start placing jobs for free. To give you an idea, there's 4 million jobs on Vetjobs. Four million postings because they get it from the government, the Department of Labor. I mean, they're, and they even link in with uh, hard hats, uh, helmets to hard hats. They link in with military job. I mean, all these other places, they all interconnect. Some of them do great therapy and services and others do great job placements. So they interconnect on that. So all those services, as many of those as you could do, I would do them. Second one is career link, vet jobs. I would connect once again with the uh, Chamber of Commerce. I don't know anybody any there anymore, but I used to know Gene Barr. And then the other one is Pennsylvania's Department of Military and Veterans Affairs. General Maureen Weigel is in charge of, she's the adjutant general. Uh, she owns the Veterans Affairs piece of Department of Military and Veterans Affairs. So between those, you know, one of the missions that I've been on with 
working with them and working with vet shops and all is finding out some way to have Pennsylvania differentiate itself. And it's been really hard to some extent finding an advocate, finding a sponsor, finding a champion in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. A lot of people talk a good story, but I haven't anybody accept the mission. And, and it's not me. I mean, I don't have that much leverage, but my feeling is, you know, Pennsylvania is an attractive place for retirees like mm-hmm. me because it'll pay tax on our retirement income. But if we could find a way to get people into the state, get employed, pay taxes, and then retire here and get the benefits, that's great. So we have to attract people to want to work in Pennsylvania, not just the filling area where I am. But it takes a cause or it takes some organization like yours that has lots of connections and an association of lots of employers to say, you know, this is going to be our initiative visibly through public media, social media, TV, press, earned media, whatever it happens to be, and then get on board a couple of really big agencies like the Chamber and DMVA, and and then in addition, all these job posting sites, you know, and let them know what you're trying to do. And, you know, shame on anybody. I mean, my sales pitch when I talk to local Pennsylvania state and U.S. representatives is get me your veteran. I will get them all the benefits they deserve. You get a happy voter. I mean, it costs you nothing. It costs you nothing to publicize this on a newsletter, on your website, in a speech. Cost you nothing. But imagine if we could get a couple of them aggregated to promote your initiative as an association uh, with X amount of job opportunities, with maybe training or whatever you want to talk about. I would like to see that as being distinctive in Pennsylvania, then maybe we could lead the way. I don't know you care about other states, but lead the way in showing what we're doing in terms of hiring veterans. So there's a lot of places to touch. It takes a little bit of work, but like I said, CareerLink and things like that are free. There's also county offices of mm-hmm. Veterans Affairs. So not almost every state, but I know in Pennsylvania, every county by law has to have an office of Veterans Affairs, every county. As you would imagine, some are better than others, but they're a great focal point from a county standpoint. So we have plenty of touch points. Matter of fact, you could go on the site right now, you'll find every contact and email address for every county office of veteran services to promote whatever it is you want to promote. And the one thing that Pennsylvania doesn't have is a military base, an active duty military base. I, I don't think we have one out in the West in, Pens- in Pittsburgh, but you know, but we do have a large contingent of guard and reserve. And that's another untapped resource. Uh, there is an organization called ESGR, Employer Support of the Guard and Reserve, that is doing much the same. So you got not only veterans that you could touch, you've got spouses and military spouses you could touch. You've got guard and reserve folks that are part-time. Not, not all of them are full-time, but some of them are part-time that, that need jobs that, could be, that match with their schedules. So there are a lot of places to touch. The big challenge is, is getting somebody to promote for us and, and have access to the veterans that we could sell ourselves. Now, job fairs are okay. I think they are merely okay. I've, I've sent too many veterans to job fairs where people collect resumes and there's no jobs. But if you had an initiative of some kind that you wanted to do, I, I think that's really important. Uh, like I said, with vet jobs and a few of these other sites, you know, you could post them. Are you familiar with SHRM, Society of HR Managers? They have state and district and regional organizations. They had an initiative a few years ago where they wanted to promote their membership to hire veterans. And I challenged them by saying, well, why don't you write job descriptions that a veteran doesn't self-disqualify? So 
you can write a job description and it says, well, five years experience required. Well, a veteran is going to look at that and say, it's not me. So it doesn't mean you have to write one specific for a veteran. Just don't write one that's that makes him disqualify himself. Yeah. So there are a lot of small steps that could be taken. But I think you've got a lot of leverage in the state that, that can really be taken advantage of. And shame on us if we can't find a really important advocate, whether it be an elected official or a government official or county officials that could help take the ball and run with it. So lots in there too. This is awesome. <laughs> like I said, you know, KCA really picked this up and really wanted to do something. And this year we've done a lot of building tours at training centers just to introduce the the construction careers, you know, what's the process, what's the training like, you know, all that good stuff. Everyone's kind of patting ourselves on the back. Oh, good job, good job. And then they all looked at me and said, now what are we doing next, John? Like, how are we yeah. gonna build off of this? You know? <laughs> so now I know how we're gonna build off of this with all the good stuff you talked about. Well, I, I mentioned that I was a college instructor, so I am great at giving out homework. So, hey, yes. <laughs> but I just did some number, you know, Pennsylvania is the, I can't remember, but it's the fourth or fifth largest population of veterans in the country. So there are only seven states out of the 50 that have more than 700,000 veterans. Pennsylvania is one of them. And about a third of them are post 9-11 vets. So they're right in the age group, you know, 25 to 40, they're right in the age group that is hireable. They're not, you know, it's not an overwhelming number like me of Vietnam vets. They're not hireable. There's a sweet spot there. The challenge is a couple of challenges. One is finding them. The other one is like if you went to the VA and if they gave you every veteran that they know of, they would still only cover one third of the veteran population because that's all they have. But it's a good place to start. And they have vocational rehab programs. They have workforce development programs in there. In some cases, it's just a matter of touching VA hospitals and letting them know what you have. But there's a very large hireable group, and that doesn't include spouses, and it doesn't include guard and reserve. It, it's, it's worth going after, I think. It's not like you're I don't want to say low-hanging fruit, but it's pretty close to that if we could make something attractive to them. I'm trying to think if there was another point I was trying to make. But I made it about job postings. But the fact that, that you're interested enough to have this call and to do it is a big step because most of what I mentioned for you to do, other than time, doesn't cost you any money. Yeah. And the rewards are pretty good. The rewards are better if I don't want to make it sound like you have to do extra work when you hire a vet to keep a vet. But I think if you want to retain a veteran, doing a little front end work, like I said, with mentoring or something like that, to make sure that this transition, especially if they're just out of the military, you know, you get a 22 year old young enlisted guy without a college degree is coming into the workforce. You know, they don't know anything. They know four years of military life. So the better you can make that transition, you make them not only a good employee, but maybe you help minimize some retention issues at the same time. So we've seen companies that have had decent numbers of veterans come in that have a, this affinity group, and it really helps them adapt, mm -hmm. makes them a really good employee. And then you can, then you leverage the hell out of them. I want to thank you not only for your service, but also for your time today. Sure. Uh, this was really, really eye-opening, and and I think you know what what you said earlier, is, and I'm I just did it. It's great to say thank you for your service, but uh, you know, asking people when yeah. you meet a veteran, are you getting your benefits? Are you doing the things that you that are available to you? Sure, you've changed my mind. You know, you've made that little tweak for me that is is going to be something, and, and I'm sure that all of our listeners listening to your story and talk today will will start doing the same thing, and I think that will go a long way as well to help veterans 
assimilate and get into uh, you know the the, the post military career. So again, thank you, and uh, you know really enjoyed the time that that you're here and, and well, I appreciate on the episode. It. I stand ready to serve. I really do. I don't, I don't mean that in any flippant way. If there's something I could do to help, either in Philly or Pennsylvania or connect you with somebody, or just be a, a mouthpiece or, or an active listener, I just want you to call me. The one thing we don't want to do is we don't want to have you go off in some direction and waste time and money. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not big on recreating the wheel. So however I yeah. could be of service, please call. That's a two-way street. So if I could help you at all, please let me know. So I may do yes. that. Yes. If you're Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the kind invitation. I appreciate it a great deal. Thank you, Ralph. Happy Veterans Day. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining the Building PA Podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook and visit buildingpapodcast.com to subscribe to upcoming shows. Thanks for listening.